0: Go for it, buddy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode
1: 47 of The Cross Media Show. Today's topic, the best movies of 2021. But before we get into our discussion, if you're listening on your favorite podcast service, feel free to give us a good rating on that platform. It helps the algorithms and helps us grow our audience. If you're watching on YouTube, consider dropping a like and a sub. And don't forget to hit that bell to get notifications on all our shows like the Penultimate Game Show, the Marvel Mondays Initiative, and Anime Nation. If you're watching on Twitch and have Amazon Prime, you have Prime Gaming, which means you get one free sub to give out. We'd love if you give it to us, but if that if not, that's quite alright. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Ryan, host of Anime Nation, and I got some great guests to talk movies today. First off I got someone who I'm sure is going to have Tick Tick Boom on their list. And loves most things Resident Evil, Tessa. How's it going, Tessa?
0: I'm actually wearing a Resident Evil shirt right now, so it's kind of <laughs> funny. <laughs> so you nailed it.
2: <laughs> I'm going to look for in a life. picture. Hold on, right? I'm going to look for a picture of Andrew Garfield uh, in Tick Tick Boom, <laughs> just a place right next to Tessa during the podcast.
1: Perfect. Exactly what we need. And while that mysterious voice is, that mysterious belongs to my boy, The Mr. Movie Reviewer himself, the host of Large Popcorn, Christian. How's it going, Christian?
2: What's up, everybody? Ready to talk some movies? I have most of my movies ranked for 2021, minus two of them. Otherwise, I'm ready to go.
1: All right, all right. We just have some light housekeeping to do before we can dive into that while you're searching for a nice photo of Andrew Garfield.
0: (laughs) I mean, they're all nice, to be fair.
1: (laughs) You're not wrong there. Well, Ruben finally did it. This month's schedule is up on the website. We'll be doing a lot of content this year, so make sure to check the schedule every week at penultimateconquest.com stream. Such as tomorrow at 6 p.m. EST, we have hype check for 2022 games. That'll be me, Ruben. And let's talk in all things 2022 games. And if you have any thoughts on twenty two games you want to say, put it out on Speakpipe speak pipe at speakpipe.com slash penconquest and with that that brings us to the big topic the fun one the one this guy was talking all top five movies of 2021 and i'm gonna start this off with tessa what is your fifth
2: best I, movie of the year actually, you saw? actually be- before we start i'm sorry i ran interrupt again forgive me
1: that's all good it's all good
2: so, before we get into our personal top fives, I do want to say that I polled uh, the Penultimate Conquest crew. Uh, I over see on, you do that. Yeah, over cool. on our, our Facebook message group. Uh, I had a Google survey up. I had everyone that's in that group uh, submit their top five movies. They are weighted. Um, so, I have everyone's score here minus our three. I did not look at Ryan's answers. I did not look at Tessa's answers. So, as we podcast... I'll be placing those in there, that way, live on the show, we'll be able to see what is the Penultimate Conquest's official Top 5 Movies of 2021.
1: Awesome, awesome. Can't wait to see, but it's going to be something interesting. And with that, let's dive into it. Tessa, what is the fifth best movie you've seen this year?
0: No Way Home.
1: Okay. Okay, okay.
0: Like I'm I said, gl- I have things listed kind of weird.
1: But. No, no. I, I, I'm glad we're starting with talking about Andrew Garfield. I'm glad he has <laughs> instantly been brought up. Um, Why is that your number five? What What did you love about No Way Home?
0: Um, So I uh, have always been a very big advocate for Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man. Ooh. And it really pissed me off how much people shit on him for his Spider-Man portrayal um Because it's really, really unfair. He got the shittiest villains and some bad writing, but what he did was amazing. <laughs>
2: oh,
0: <nice. laughs> Didn't even realize um, that rocks. But yeah, I uh, I've always been a big proponent of him, and No Way Home kind of redeemed that. Um, Because suddenly I see online, everyone's talking about how much they loved Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man. And suddenly it's like the two amazing Spider-Man films just didn't happen. You know, they weren't trash. He's actually really good. I'm like, come on, guys. Um, But apart from that, um, I was also equally shocked that I didn't hate Tobey Maguire as much as I thought I would. Um, He's not my favorite. He's not my favorite. He's not the strongest actor um and those movies did not age as well as everyone seems to think they did minus the train scene still a really good scene um and spider-man is just a fun film it's always a fun time to watch uh spider-man a spider-man you get all three in this one so yeah it was a fun film not my favorite mcu film this year and i know i'm gonna get heat for that but you know it is what it is
2: you're entitled to your <laughs> opinions and if i actually no i'll, I'll save it I want to say this for later, for what your favorite MCU film is. But to piggyback on Spider Man, and no, I'm not going to talk about No Way Home. Your comment on Andrew Garfield is inspired. Thank you so much because not only was Andrew Garfield not redeemed, he didn't need it. He was already redeemed in Amazing Spider Man One and Two. And even though I will, I will maintain that the Toad McGuire movies One and Two specifically, like they hold up well enough. Like they have their issues, of course. Like Tess is spot on that like they're they're not they're not perfect movies, right? They're still really well made. Oh, I I will die on the hill that Amazing Spider-Man one and two are probably more fun to watch than the Tobey Maguire movies. Also, just oh,
0: just want to say yes. I'm sorry. Just want to say to further go off of that, I still maintain if you take Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone and give them the villains of mm. Spider-Man one and two, you would have like perfection. But anyway, mm-hmm. that's neither here nor there.
1: It it always felt like it was on the brink of being really good. It just needed that extra piece.
0: Because oh, they were mind.
1: so good as Peter Parker and Gwen Stacy. They were great in those roles. Yeah. But I... Because I'll, now this will be one of the first hot-button topics I have on my list is... I don't have Spider-Man on it. So I'm going to take this moment to uh, talk about Spider-Man. In a year of amazing movies. Also my favorite mce movie of the year either um i thought spider-man was everything that it needed to be it checked every mark that i needed to make sure it checked for it to be a super fun movie and that's what it was it was fun and it was the first time i got to see that big theater experience in a very long time like i forgot what it was like to be in a fully packed house kind of deal right with that loud of noise and everyone cheering once a character appeared on screen and all that. It it felt like being in the theater again for Endgame. And I didn't know if Marvel was going to be able to give me those moments like that so close to the end of the Avengers saga that we knew and we saw for 10 years going. So to see that kind of enjoyment and excitement again was really fun on that level. So I just want to say my piece on Spider-Man. Definitely one of my ones that in my top 10 but couldn't crack this top five nice and if that comes to you christian what is oh me huh
2: movie of the year yeah i will say spider-man is not on my top five either but i think it i think it's staying in the top 10 where it is you'll have to wait and see for my actual official list otherwise (laughs) my number five list ryan you may know this movie because you were on large popcorn to talk about this movie of course i'm talking about wes anderson's the French Dispatch. Congratulations, you're my number five. If you haven't seen the French Dispatch, you should. If you liked the Grand Budapest Hotel, if you liked Moonrise Kingdom, if you loved all things that are like sweet and somber and kind of melancholy, then French dispatch French Dispatch is for you. Like I mean, you may not jive with the, the kind of vignette storytelling the movie is doing, because there's like three different chapters, so it's like not an actual contained story. But there's like an overarching narrative about like the actual making of the, the newspaper, the French Dispatch thematically that I thought like works really well. And even though it was like super sweet and a lot of it was hilarious and I'm enjoying it and like it's, it's, it's funny and it's fun. I still left the theater being like kind of sad and I couldn't quite put my finger why. And I think that's what the beauty of the French Dispatch is all about for me and why I like it so much. So because of that, yeah, it, it's it's definitely top 10 worthy and it's in it's my number five.
1: I I will
0: have to give that
1: a watch. I would definitely recommend it. I definitely, and that brings it to me. And my fifth favorite movie of the year was Shang Chi. Legend. Let's go. To me, this was one of the most unique, fun, and just just enjoyable Marvel times I've had in a very long time. I love that it was, at its core, just a kung fu movie. Like, classic, old-school-feeling kung fu movie. It had that awesome vibe to it. The fight scenes in it were filmed incredibly. And it just... I've always said this. The best Marvel movies come from where they don't have to be strangled in by everybody knowing everything about the character. Mm -hmm. Like, when you code to Spider-Man, you can't be crazy with Spider-Man, because... Everyone already has their opinion on what a Spider-Man story should be. But when you pull these obscure, rare characters, you get these amazing movies like "Guardians of the Galaxy," like "Doctor Strange" and all that, and that stuff. There are no named characters, but you can have a, they're a lot more loose with the lore there, so you can have a lot more fun with it. I think
0: like ne- <laughs> Eternals.:
1: <laughs> Like Eternals," That's a great example. I think that's where Marvel thrives, and that's where I get the most enjoyment out of Marvel. And Shang-Chi was just the pinnacle of that, in my opinion. It is easily in my top five favorite Marvel movies of all time. Yeah, Easily.
2: Dude. Uh, before Tessa goes, or, or talks mm-hmm. about Shang-Chi, I just want to echo. I mean, I mean we're on the Marvel, I'm on the Marvel po- podcast, so I talked about it enough yesterday. So all I'll say is that Shang-Chi was, like, legit... The breath of fresh air I needed in the MCU for Phase 4 that I hope sets the tone for movies going forward. Oh, bless you, Ruby. <laughs> yeah, and that's up. What...
0: I I will say, I did enjoy Chi. I loved it the first watch, and it kind of got a little weak in the third act for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, I loved the cast. I wasn't the biggest fan of Aquafina specifically in this movie, but that's okay. Um like I don't know, my brain had a hard time kind of going like, "Oh yeah, no, she's totally been doing this for like one day and she totally made that shot from like all the way across right at the throat." Got it. Um but like the second time I watched it, whenever I went back to the theater with Eric to see it, I had a really difficult time making it through and I'm not sure why, but that kind of left like a bad taste in my mouth for it. I don't know what was up with that uh the second watch mm-hmm. just wasn't as enjoyable for me i guess but yeah sure
1: that's fair so, that's that's fair and fine we except all views here and i honestly haven't gone and watched it for a second time so maybe it doesn't hold up during that i'm curious now uh ryan before that's you go
2: for you. i forgot mm-hmm. to mention earlier uh john is in chat and he says that he 100 percent agreed with tessa earlier on uh, your quotes on spider-man saying garfield plus emma stone plus the rainy villains would would have been awesome so there you go tessa your opinions yeah. are valid not that you needed it
1: <laughs> and with that though it comes back to tessa with what was your fourth favorite movie of the year
0: eternals <laughs> let's go oh, nice <laughs> Um, I got, a uh, questionable looks whenever I said it's my second favorite, uh, MCU film. Um, but that being said, I absolutely loved it. I understand that it had a few pacing issues, but the characters that were presented were all done so beautifully. Um, it was a very effortless blend of, you know, different cultures, different ethnicity, different mm-hmm. minority groups you had representation of lgbtq um it it just covered so many different things that you don't see in a film let alone all together um the story itself you know um parts were a little weak the deviant part was a little weak but mm-hmm. overall i thought it was really solid i have never fangirled over Angelina Jolie as much as I did in that movie. Yeah. Thina is a damn queen, and I will stand by that. Um, but yeah, I just, I really loved the representation, the relationships. Um, I loved that for a Marvel film, it focused more on the characters and how they interact with one another. Um, yeah, they still had the big, huge, um, kind of, final boss fight, I guess you could say, at the end, but overall it focused more on the characters and how they're interacting with the world around them. And I think it was a really pretty or not pretty um aesthetically pleasing. So yeah, pretty film. Um yeah. but apart from that, I also appreciate whenever films show how beautiful the earth can actually be. And they also touch that. So mm-hmm. overall, I really love that film i think it's great ruby apparently thinks it's
2: great <laughs> yes you should but yeah
0: i i very much so enjoyed that movie
2: so tessa, tessa i want to jump on something you said earlier which i totally agree with i mean most of it what you said i, I actually like 100 percent most of it like all of it i agree with but what you said about thena i think you're 100 percent right because i feel like a lot of people didn't really like thena because of uh i forget what it was called that like that like disease that the Eternals get, where they right. start to like, forget their me- memories, start fragmenting. That I think works so well. Like Thena is such a strong character, not because she's defined by that disease that she's going through, but be- because of her capabilities to overcome it and to love despite it. Which I I think is kind of the the theme of Eternals is like underlying everything is 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 love and the way that like that can hurt each other, but also like bring us all together. I don't know. I I, I- Eternals is like one that I, I desperately want to watch again. I just haven't had the time to do it do it since it came out, but you're right. Like right. Chloe Zhao's filmmaking, I think bo- both Hurts Hurts Eternals for the most part you mentioned pacing, but I think introduces a new style and like kind of tone that we haven't seen in MCU like ever, which I thought was awesome. It's the first movie since like Phase 1 to to be shot on film again. Like I think Iron right. Man 1 was shot on film. I don't
1: know any others that were after, but yeah. You know.
0: awesome.
1: uh, um I just want to jump on to something Christian and I said real quick, Tessa, so if you could please hold that thought. No, you're um, you brought, Because we're talking about Chloe Zhao right now and her directing style, I actually want to bring it back to something Tessa said of, of how aesthetically pleasing and heartfelt mm. love shots that were to the Earth and what the Earth meant. That, that is a thing that flows throughout Chloe Zhao's filmography, and it's really shown off in Eternals. And I just want yeah. to bring that up.
0: Um, I just wanted to say too I think the reason partially that this film gets so much uh, hate I guess because I can't tell you how many times I've seen like the you know all the memes about how terrible it is and no one wants to see this and all this stuff Mm -hmm. Uh, part of me wonders if people have just gotten so used to the marvel formula of all these big huge action pieces and yeah. you know everything's really fast paced it's you know go 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 that they're letting that kind of like cloud their views on just the film in itself um because like you said this is kind of in a way separate it from the rest of the mcu films with how it is shot so i feel like people are Also, in a way, unfairly kind of judging it because it isn't like the other MCU films.
1: Yeah, I agree. Which really kind of irritates me.
0: Yeah. 100%.
1: People didn't give this the shot it deserved. But we're
0: getting more. We are uh, getting
1: more. Yeah. (laughs) I forgot that was happening.
2: Yeah. Also, (laughs) fuck that Variety journalist who decided to spoil the end credit scene just for the sake of being the first person to write about it oh really yeah sucked.
1: i forgot about that mm-hmm. that was bullshit i
0: didn't know that wait he wrote about it or
2: G- yeah at the, at the premiere like he announced that uh, obviously i'm obviously going to spoil the end credit scene that harry styles was cast as starfox or whatever like as like yeah yeah he's in the mcu now which is supposed to be like a big reveal obviously and like mm-hmm. he just posted about it and, like nothing happened there's no repercussions marvel just like hey please don't do this because obviously he's like an established journalist apparently variety so but like, that's not
0: cool. Yeah. No. See, I'm so good at not getting on Twitter that I just don't see these things. Mm-hmm. Eric's like, okay, don't get on Twitter or Facebook or anything. And I'm like, you realize yeah, pretty worry. much the only thing I do is get on, post, and get off, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. Nice.
0: Yeah, that's really crummy.
1: Ah oh, god, no, that is that's sad. All I'm gonna say is give eternals another chance now that it's on Disney Plus i think it's worth another shot people who didn't like it mm-hmm. at least for the cinematography alone it's worth a nice watch and with that christian what is your fourth best movie of the year
2: my number four pick is a small movie by mike mills you may have known mike mills uh, by the other two movies he's done beginners and 20th century women this movie is a black and white movie starring joaquin phoenix and uh what was the name of the this, this small child? I think it was Woody Norman, I think is his name, called Come On, Come On. And before I even tell you about what the movie is about, I want to read you my review, which is I, I always do spoiler free reviews. Uh, there's something special about a movie that concerns itself with thinking about people with emotion, with memory and with futurity, not to understand them, but to accept them for what they are part of life. This movie is as much heartbreaking as it is beautiful. Legit, like not enough people watch Come On, Come On. It's it's a little bit, it's not that long, but you kind of feel its length because of kind of how slow it is. But it's about this uncle who's taking care of his nephew while taking him along these trips as Joaquin Phoenix is um, interviewing all these kids about what the future of you know society is going to look like. So he's trying to juggle his job, but also trying to juggle being this fatherly figure. And it's like one of the sweetest movies I've seen probably ever, especially in 2021. And like, I legit can't recommend it enough. Like this movie like really struck a chord with me. It's one of those movies where like the credits rolled and there's still audio playing from like these interviews. And I just sat there and listened just, just to like, I wanted more interviews of these kids and there's, there's tons of them in the movie. Like it, it it's, it's amazing. Please check
1: it out so i'm actually going to uh talk about this for a second question because i knew this episode was coming up especially if you want i knew i had to have my deep roots into all so i made i had a little uh, double feature last night featuring come on come on and god what a what a film what a film you're right though you do feel its length because of the way it is paced out but when that movie decides to throw those emotional punces, you really feel them. Yeah, It gets you so invested in those characters for not that long of a runtime. It It's like a little under two hours, a little over two hours. I can't remember.
2: We need more movies that talk about pooping, and this this movie does it. You're right, it does.
0: Well, God. now I'm adding it to my list.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the kids you like, my stomach it. hurts. I gotta poop. It's like, yeah, we
1: need more of this. <laughs> but the for me the uh my number four movie is the movie that would not have made this list if I didn't watch that double feature last night and that'd be Power of the Dog. Let's go, the nice Netflix Western. I was getting a lot of buzz. I finally sat down last night to watch it and holy hell, what a film! What a film! It is a dis cut of what i'd say would be one to two years of these ranchers lives and how a marriage and the bringing in of another family member affects the way that ranch runs how people interact with them and that because i really don't want to spoil any of this movie because yeah the little bits of it are what really sell this film it's also some of the best acting i've seen from benedict Cumberbatch in um a very long time i i sometimes forget that man can really act when he wants to
2: i was about to say i'm glad like cumberbatch is getting his kind of feelers out there for like best actor nominees because like legit mm-hmm. that man can act and a lot i think mm-hmm. a lot of people forget that he, he like a-
1: has those chops yeah. in him yeah i was watching it last night i'm like holy hell he can act now mm-hmm. I will I can never think of that actor's name, but the one who plays George in that film. Um Jesse Plemons? He, yes. He, God, does he just play the same character he's played since Breaking Bad with that voice? His yeah. He's always just that meek little dude. I'm like, You've been really time casted into that goodness,
0: role. You just made me think of I'm sorry, the voice actor for hiccup from How to Train Your Dragon. I can't think of the Jay something. Andy,
1: isn't that Andy Sandberg?
0: No, that's Jay like uh oh my goodness. I,
2: Oh, Jay, what? oh, yeah, from the Judd Apatow stuff. Yeah, I know I know. Yeah, you're about. I was yeah, like, yeah, he yeah.
0: literally just plays the same thing all the time, that awkward kind of, like, shut yeah. in just, and I'm like, you poor thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm like, you're really good at it, so I'm not going to complain. You're but... talking about <laughs> Jay Beruchel.
0: Yes, I was like, I know his last name starts with a B, I can't think of what it is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Amazing. But uh, definitely go watch Power of the Dog if you have Netflix. It is a amazing just Western and, and a year that... the I, I'll i be honest, I wasn't a fan of the other Western Netflix put out this year. But I Harder thought they this fall. one was really good. I did not like Harder They Fall. No, that's fair. It, it, I wanted it to be so much more than it was. And... And I'm also even a fan, though, of, like, the more spaghetti-style westerns. That's that's usually where I sit with westerns. But it just wasn't there for me. Mm-hmm. I've I reached the heights of some other movies, and it just didn't. But The Power of the Dog did, and that's why it is my number four best movie of the year. And with that, I send it back to Tessa for their number three.
0: So, um i just want to say i haven't seen that many movies this year but my third is definitely um the suicide squad um never before no. mm-hmm. what were you saying christian
2: i was gonna say not to be confused with suicide squad 2016.
0: no yeah <laughs> no. um I never before that. has a film a second film so wonderfully redeemed its uh, predecessor it's like the opposite effect of Wonder Woman, you know? Oh um, man. <laughs>
1: yeah. um, oh my brain just forgets. Um, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and my brain sometimes forgets that Suicide Squad from, you know, twenty sixteen existed. Um, but I loved it. Um one of my favorite characters in comics is actually Harley Quinn. So I love to see her arc and I love to see it without, you know, uh, such a heavy reliance on the Joker. Um, apart from that, uh, I just want to say Rick Flagg got the best character redemption in that film. I was actually really upset whenever um, Old Boy essentially just like, what did he do? Did he like tear his heart out or? like slammed something over his throat like i don't know he, Rick uh, Flag got brutally murdered and it really upset me <laughs> um like and at the end i was like oh my goodness did brick flag survive like, like the aftercut after it seems like man i don't want him to survive i don't like him um sorry to john cena <laughs> <laughs> it really upset me um but yeah i thought that was such a well-done film dc really needed that especially with wonder woman 84 because god um yeah i just ugh. but yeah it was it was such a fun well-done film um yeah i have that above both of the marvel films that are on my list that so, is well done wild. dc that's
1: insane i was not expecting that i Really um, I was really expecting Eternals in your one or two slots. I'm very excited to see what those are now.
0: It did but, so well with that that uh, but, camaraderie
1: uh, between the characters. Two Squad has to be, uh, the 2021, 20, not, not 2016, has to be one of my favorite collection of he, like a group hero movie since probably Civil War. Where I'm like, I am having so much fun caring about every one of these characters and their different problems they had. Mm-hmm. It did such a good job of making me care for characters again. Which... Oh, I was
0: in love with King Shark.
1: Oh, King, King Shark continue. was great. I
0: mean,
1: when he fell out the building, it was like, they didn't just kill him. Yeah. Oh, he's dead. I am sad now. Or like right
0: before that, when he was playing with the little like jelly thing, I was like, oh my god, why is oh, it yeah. adorable? <laughs>
1: Well, uh, I really just have to give a shout out to James Gunn for how well he can make me care about characters I have no prior knowledge of, or if it is it's completely different than the version he's showing me, in such a small amount of time. I think it's one of the things he does best. And I can agree Chris, with that. Christian, you have anything you want to say on uh, 2021 20, Suicide Squad? I didn't like Suicide Squad, so I, I just won't say okay. anything.
2: The, the, the only thing I'll say is that Joel Kinnaman continues to be a great actor. And yeah, his, his character, yes. Red Flag, was, was way better written in this one. Like, he was such a good character.
0: You know what? I appreciate that statement because I, I love me some Joel Kinnaman.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Well, with that then Christian, what was your number three movie? My number
2: three pick is a, is a small movie by, uh, directed by Hideki Anno. Uh, a movie long awaited by, by anime fans and Evangelion fans. Of course, I'm talking about Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.0, Thrice Upon a Time. Thank you, Ryan. You pointed out the shirt on Genesis. What up? <laughs> uh, Evangelion 3.0 is the most beautiful movie of 2021 by far. Like This movie reinforces that in order for us to like continue on, not only do we have to uh, allow others to love us, but for more importantly, for us to love ourselves, and that is how life goes on. That message struck so, so deeply with me at a time that I really needed it. Not just because we're stuck at home, but because like it gets kind of lonely out here, right? And like I can start to feel isolated from other people, even if, if I don't talk to them very often. So that really resonated. And just like one of the most beautiful sequences ever, where we're just spending... 40 minutes it's 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 less than that it's like 20 30 minutes of one character on a farm learning how to be human oh my god so good uh yeah really it (laughs) yeah uh john you need to watch the rebuild films because this one this one really brought it back to what evangelion um wants to be so yeah amazing
1: all right all right and my next movie dives into very similar subject matter with The Green Knight. It's my number three movie of the year. Now, this was one of the most insane versions of a classic tale I have ever seen portrayed through its use of weird camera shots to psychedelic triple meaning things but at the end of the day it is a man afraid of death and what he will do to try and escape that even though at the end of the day you can never truly run from death Yeah, and that's what I gathered from it it is the one of the most visually stunning movies that I've seen all year where I remember it was the first time I was back in theaters in a very long time I was like Oh, there is something to this movie. It is just jaw-dropping to watch. If you are craving any sort of fantasy, give The Green Knight a watch. Does it end a little weirdly, and will it leave you with a lot more questions than answers? Yes, but that journey will be a hell of a ride. In
2: 2021, we got two movies specifically for the English majors, which is The Tragedy of Macbeth and The Green Knight. Cannot be happier that like these interpretations of text are like like Ryan said, triple meaning in like every inch of the frame. It's it's so wonderful to try and unpack this movie. I've still only seen it once. I want to watch it again just to just to see how, how different my take on the or my read on the film is.
1: Uh that's <laughs> and as you can see the two English majors are really <laughs> thriving out here right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh I I haven't seen Macbeth yet. I've been I meant to do that, I haven't gone around to it. I know it's on Apple vid- uh, yeah. video, I believe. I would yep. like to see that. See, that
0: the oh. Green Knight came out right when I hit my uh, third trimester, and I just wasn't up for sitting up for that long without falling asleep. So yeah. I still haven't seen it because, you know, after the third trimester comes a baby, and then my time is very limited. <laughs> so, but it is on my list, and I do still want to see it. So maybe I one would day want- soon.
2: I definitely recommend it. If you want to see dirty, sweaty, sexy Dev Patel, then, then Green Knight's the way to go.
1: It's the sexiest Dave Patel's looked in a very long time. Mm-hmm. I am not okay. gonna lie about that. Man. I am I'm not, intrigued. I'm not gonna lie. And with that intrigue, I shoot it over to Tessa for your number two movie of the year.
0: <laughs> uh, my number two movie of the year is Tick, Tick, Boom. Let's go, <laughs> let's
1: go. go.
2: Tessa, before you start. Uh, I will say John submitted his answers and you you're you'll be glad to know it also made uh, his top 5.
0: Yes. Excellent. Oh, such a good movie, such a good good movie. Um which once again highlights the talents of one Andrew Garfield. Excellent mm-hmm. actor um who didn't know he could even sing before this film and here we are. Oh. Um I've never really that. cared. Amazing. About the Oscars before, but like man, have I never wanted someone to get Best Actor so much before? <laughs> um, I I fully would love for him to get Best Actor for that because excellent job, um, yeah. beautifully done. And I know Christian has heard me say everything I need to say about Tick Tick Boom, so I'll keep it very short. But what a lovely, wonderful, beautiful tribute to Jonathan Larson, who of course wrote Rent, which is also one of my favorite musicals. Um, I love that you could see the, uh, inspirations he found in his day-to-day life in uh tick, tick, boom, to write rent. Um, even like in the background, the news covering the AIDS crisis, you know, stuff mm. like that. Um, I, I just thought it was so well done and yeah, Jonathan, Martin, Jonathan Larson means a lot to me because he is the first exposure that I ever had to LGBTQ in a very positive fashion. So, you know, that leaves a mark on a kid and I, I love Jonathan Larson and this movie just did so well and respecting that and paying tribute to him.
2: I love so. your Red Dead Redemption Freudian slip of you almost saying John Marston.
0: <laughs> um, did I?
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, just for, just for, you corrected yourself I, and then you said Larson.
0: I so. have a correction to make to that though. Um, I don't know if it was a Freudian slip cause I have never played Red Dead Redemption. Oh. My bad. Rockstar, or not Rockstar. Rocksteady is not my, not my uh, typical.
1: That's Rockstar. That's right
0: Rockstar. Yeah. Sorry. There's. There's. Yeah. Very similar. But yeah, Rockstar is not my uh, typical gaming jam. So I've I've never gotten into Red Dead. I tried once. Got lost. I ended up in this bar, and I was like, "Wow, this is where he's just gonna stay at forever." Amazing.
1: <laughs> I love that. And they're still looking for Lenny. <laughs> but um, while, we're, while we're talking about Tick, Tick, Boom, I wanted to... So I had no knowledge of what this film was about till about five seconds in. I had no <laughs> idea. I had no... I knew nothing. I knew it was a musical starring Andrew Garfield. I didn't know if I got the original musical. So I didn't know it was about the guy who made Rent till about 15 minutes in when I began to gather the information and the names I needed. And I was like, <laughs> oh, this is about the guy who directed Rent. Okay, and then I was like, "Oh, this is an amazing movie. This is I I've been really worried about Netflix's uh quality. Let's say last year and the year before that, Netflix, but this year Netflix put out some real bangers, and this is hmm. one of them. This is one of the best musicals, if not the best musical I've seen in a very long time. It." knew when to, it knew when to hold the emotions and knew when to hit with the emotions. It had some of the best musical numbers I've seen done in a long time. And the whole, I was curious once I read more into it of like, cause I paused and began to read. like, what is this? Well, about 15 minutes in, once I figured it out, I was like, Oh, this was a one man show. He did. Okay. Yeah. I was like, how are you going to interpret a one man show into an hour and a half long movie and they did it perfectly it still felt like it was just the thoughts inside someone's head just racing around like a one-man show should but it was such a beautiful movie and such a beautiful tribute i loved it
0: one more thing about that movie um i put this out there on twitter but i still think it's very true um that movie also perfectly uh encapsulates in my opinion these struggles of the millennial generation today just throwing that out there that kind of like aimless listless kind of just you know um constant struggle but yeah yeah his so. agent has I think that great that's line why a lot of people relate
2: his agent has that great line towards the end where she's like "Where andrew's like what now i'm like well you just write the next thing and then you write the next thing and then the next thing and you hope that one of them sticks like that is that is like hustle mentality that is like the way millennials operate that's the way i op- operate like is hoping one day yeah. something i do sticks
0: so like i wonder if that's also why like people in my age group anyway like that i've talked to absolutely love this movie in its entirety and i i kind of wonder if that's why because it kind of just like speaks to the uh perpetual struggle that we're all kind of just mm-hmm. listlessly roaming in so yeah. i
1: definitely think it does strike a chord with this generation very well
2: i i will say as well before we move on that Uh huh. If you know me, I'm not the biggest uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda fan. Um, I just I don't like his music very much. I won't press on that further. So I was really (laughs) worried. I was really worried going into Tick Tick Boom, being like, am I am I going to like this? I think one, the fact that like it's still Jonathan Larson's music throughout the whole thing is a big plus because his music rocks. Um, But Lin-Manuel Miranda reworking it to like his take on, on his music, I think is still, like, tremendously so well done. Tess and I talked about, like, how so many of these songs, like, still resonate with us on... We talked about it on Large Popcorn, so that was... Like, I still think about the, these songs. Like, when John was watching it the other day and, like, Tess started talking about the music, I remembered the music, like, instantly. It's it's so memorable. And then for this to be Lin-Manuel Miranda's directorial debut and to, for it to be this strong, his first movie, I think is, like, worth worth all the praise we're giving it.
1: Yeah, oh, 100% it is and... uh I just yeah all I have to say is this is such a beautiful amazing film it is again another one of those type journey long films and it does hit a resonant chord, especially if you're in that 25 to 35 range give this a watch it's worth every second of the time you spend with it and with that Christian I bring oh. it to what's your number two movie of the year
2: I am scared to talk about my number two movie because I still haven't found a way to talk about it So I'm going to try my best, okay? My number two movie is this really long Japanese epic directed by Hamaguchi called Drive My Car. Uh, Is it long? Yes. Do you feel the length? Not one bit. I started this bad boy up, and then before I knew it, 40 minutes in, the title screen hits, and i say are you fucking kidding me and i stop the presses i log on and i start like writing down my notes like are you fucking kidding me this movie is doing it like they just went there with like the vibes like this movie is just like let's enjoy these vibes let's hyper uh, fixate on this one character and, and, and like try to read uh, like our own life through him and how we should kind of uh, experience grief and the way we should try to move on from things, whatever that may be in your own life. And then it just goes for like the, the rest of like, you know, two and a half hours after that. And I didn't feel the length of th- once. it always just hypnotized from start to finish. This is like phenomenal filmmaking. There is nothing wrong with it. It is a perfect movie. Is it my favorite movie 2021? No, but like objectively, do I think this filmmaking rocks? You bet your sweet ass. Yeah, this is my number two pick.
1: Now, I I knew, so this was the movie that, I, I could kind of guessed out your top five, Christian, because I knew it was going to be very akin to my top five if a few things moved around. Mm-hmm. And this was one movie where I was like, it wasn't able to make my list, so I'm really hoping it makes Christians, because I want to talk about it. Yeah, cool movie. God, red that red sob, that that's the car now, that's oh. the car you want to have. I've Stop never the seen the synthetic of
2: that sob. <laughs> I've never seen cars look sexier in a movie. <laughs> never. Not once. <laughs> and it, and it's just like interior shots of like the car like yeah. turning or the stereo yeah. like on at like nighttime. And it's like, oh my god, this is like
1: cinematic porno. Oh god, it was a beautiful film. It was it is a movie though that is near impossible to talk about. It is near impossible to talk about. Yeah. And put it into words, but if you can handle a long movie it is a amazing watch it is so just every time you begin to almost fade away from it it drags you directly back into eyes forward you're here uh my local uh art house has started playing as i'm definitely going to be seeing it sometime yeah. this week in theaters i'm excited too
2: he's he's got a before we move on he's got a five hour movie called happy hour that i really want to watch But it is five hours, so I'm like a little bit trepidatious. That's commitment. I know.
1: But, like, whatever, you know,
2: I've seen the Lord of the Rings movies. I can watch this five hour, like, art piece. Why not?
1: What was that? Like, oh, God. That's not important. It's a topic for a different time. But I I would say, don't get
0: me on Lord of the Rings. I will not shut up.
1: (laughs) Well, we can't (laughs) wait to have you for whenever that inevitable Amazon show comes out.
0: I'm so ready.
1: (laughs) But, um,. No,
0: drive my car
1: uh,
0: in such uh, a... <laughs> sorry, y'all. <laughs> no,
2: no, that was adorable. Is, was that you, Tessie? I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. No, no,
1: it's so good. It's so good. I'm trying not uh, to
0: laugh because she's, like, drooling everywhere while
1: it happens. <laughs> oh. Okay. I'll roll with the punches here. Um... This movie is just, go watch it, go see it, go support it whenever it comes out on streaming. I know it's supposed to be soonish. Yeah. This is a movie that deserves your time and energy. That's where I'll go with it. And with that, we bring it to my number two movie of the year. And a movie that's been discussed already this episode. A movie that is on my t-shirt without the oh, goal Oh, let's go! Neon Genesis Evangelion 3.0 plus one, Thice Upon a Time. And because we were talking, I was, I, I was so holding my, you could see us holding my words back when Christian was talking because I was waiting for the moment too. I've watched Evangelion. I saw it almost 15, 16 years ago now. Holy fuck, that's a long time ago. Lost it first, I don't know how I was in middle school. And now I'm 25, and getting to see the ending of it, because I've seen end of, and everything. I've seen every way Evangelion ended. To see a conclusion to to an end of ends is amazing, and it's something that very few directors could ever pull off, let alone to the perfection which... Hidana Anno does it. And yeah. he took 27 years and all the emotions he felt throughout every way he ended Evangelion through it being coming to terms with yourself to the pure, raw anger, which is end of. And then he's like, I've, I've, I'm i okay. I It will be okay. Bad things happen. You get up, you walk, and you keep walking. Because that's what you can only do as a human. And to see him tell that narrative throughout uh, an amazing, beautiful film, one of the best looking animes I've ever seen, to some of the most insane pseudo-psychedelic images I'll ever see, music beats Mm. all hit right. Um, I still listen to the music from that, it's always in my repeat. It's a beautiful film in every way. It's the only way I could imagine my favorite franchise of all time ending. It. I. The only thing that makes me sad is I never got a chance to see it on a big screen. I hope one day I do. That's truly it. And with that, it brings us to Tessa's number one film. Tessa, what is your number one film of 2021?
2: I think she may be He's, taking care of Ruby right now. She
1: may be taking care of Ruby. So I'm going to move so, to you then, so,
2: Christian. Actually, uh, uh, well, we can respond to John real quick. Uh, he didn't like... Oh, uh, John. Ev- John didn't like End of Evangelion, which, which sucks. I think End of Evangelion is really good. Although, yeah, I don't know. It's tough because I do really... made that movie like in a place of hate. So like, there's a lot of hate and disgust and filth in that movie. And it's purposely, right? It's it's unpurposely, mm-hmm. but And that won't jive with everyone. So I can understand it on that front. That said, if you really did not like End of Ava, it is well worth your time to watch the Rebuild films because it, it's like this is like the actual ending, and it's like truly inspired. It's it's so fu- this is probably the best it, ending to a series I've ever I've ever seen.
1: It is 100% the best ending to a series I've ever seen. It is. Um, End of is a again. It is a violent, angry, upset film it knows it came from a place of a guy who just got dumped and is getting a shit ton of hate mail because his what was considered savior of anime ended in crayon drawings Mm. and so when he got the budget to say f you to everyone and everything on this planet he did that and there was a time in my life where i understood that anger and that's why i resonated with end of but just like him, you grow out of that. You grow, you get past it. That anger disappears, and you're left with contentment. And three point plus one is that contentment, and that it will be okay. And yep. to end something as grand as Evangelion, the probably most influential anime other than Akira, um, is. A hell of a hard job to do. Yeah. An insanely hard job.
2: Okay. Well Tess has gone. I can, I can say my number one, but just hilarious that Ruben Ruben put us in charge here. And little did he know, like oh, <laughs> we, oh, just so we can talk about Evangelion. Any excuse yeah. to, to bring it up in the Ultimate Conquest. <laughs> Ryan. Ruben. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't think Tess is back yet. Is that is that right? Tessa, are you here?
1: I don't think Tessa's
2: back yet. Okay, perfect. That's fine. In that case,
1: you want my number one? I want your number one. Okay. Hit me with it.
2: I think you can guess. Number one is a small movie uh, that we actually talked about on the show, the cross-media show, a long time ago. Ryan, you were on that episode. Ruben was also on that episode.
1: Of course I was on that episode. Small movie. Is it
2: his best? No. Is it his best on a filmmaking standpoint? I think so. If this isn't, like, getting nominated for Best Cinematography, uh, Best Art, like, uh, like, Design, the fucking... Practical effects in this movie are insane. Uh, of course, I'm talking about Denis Villeneuve's Dune. Is it perfect? No, far from it, right? It's half a movie, technically. We still have Part 2. Did Denis film The Unfilmable with Part 1? Absolutely. I think if you understand... Oh, there's an ad. Sorry, sorry, John. I think if you understand the core of what Frank Herbert's Dune is all about, and granted, that, that novel isn't perfect either, I think you will really respect how Denis brings that novel to life. Um, again, I want to iterate for everyone who doesn't jive with Dune, who doesn't, like, who thinks these characters suck. That is kind of the point. Like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Paul. Paul Trades. He's a shitty guy. Oscar Isaac, as much as we love him, he's a shitty guy too for different reasons. Chani's probably like the greatest. The, her depiction in the novel, not good. I'm really hoping Denis uh, like really changes uh, Chani's uh, depiction. in the. I'm going to stop rambling here. Denis Villeneuve film the unfilmable with Dune. Dune is just like a near perfect movie. It's one of my favorite uh, Denis Villeneuve movies, but like it's not, sorry, it's not one of my favorite Denis Villeneuve movies, but it it is up there. Like I think it is so well done and like just masterful on so many levels.
1: Well, uh Christian, if you wouldn't mind checking the pen chat for me, I just want you to get an update on that.
2: Oh, mic issues. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah if she if she can leave, okay. then I'll yeah. Closing Discord, and then coming back in.
1: I think that'll fix it. Yeah, that, that should. While we um, deal with these podcast problems, um, I'm going to do a, a little ad break. A spicy little ad break in here. Which is, this episode is brought to you by Buzzsprout. Podcasting is in. Oh, she's back. Buzzsprout,
0: and got on my phone. So sorry if I sound different.
1: That's okay. all good. It's all good. We're going to finish out all our little ad read here. We didn't know how long this would take. I was not expecting you to come back that fast. I'll be honest.
2: You want to restart the? <laughs> you want to restart the, uh, the ad? Restart
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we need to get respect. Sorry. Buzzsprout. This episode is brought to you by Buzzsprout. Podcasting isn't easy. Isn't hard when you have the right partners. Which is why we partnered with Budsprout to help you succeed. Budsprout gets your shows listened to in every major podcast platform. So join over 100,000 podcasters already using Budsprout to get their message out to the world. If you're looking for a good-looking podcasting website, audio players that can be dropped into other websites, and the most importantly, detailed analytics to see how your listeners are listening, tools to promote your episodes, and more, follow the link in the description below. Buzzsprout, and let them know we sent you. And if you sign up for a paid membership, you get a $20 Amazon gift card. If you let them know we sent you. Now, back to the show. All right. Alright, alright. And with that, Tessa, what is your number one movie?
0: Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Because um, I heard Christians. I am one of the people who don't like Dune. So I no, just want to fair. Check on that. <laughs> uh, it, it's not so much. It's not so much I dislike the characters, I dislike the lack of character development. Um, I, I, it's fine that they're supposed to be terrible characters, it's just the lack of any kind of development to their characters. Because I love characters that are terrible. Like, I get that, that, that's their purpose, but I don't know, it's just very, very one note to me. Um, which yeah, I mean, is a team, so, because I was so amped up for it. I was so ready. I was like, "This is great." They have powerhouse actors, and I feel like they kind of got wasted. But
2: I think I think it just goes back to the problem that the movie was kind of held hostage uh, by HBO, or not by HBO, by um by Warner Brothers. That like just like no one knew if part two was even going to happen. Like like not even Daniel knew, not even the actors.
0: Yeah, and I get that. I just wanted to throw my cheese cents out there. <laughs>
1: No, no, and I, I love that we can all have different opinions here, mm-hmm. and that'd be fine. That's what I want. I, when, I, when we do these top fives of the year, I want to hear every sort of thing that I can possibly hear. And with that, what is your number one, Tessa? Uh,
0: my number one is definitely, without a doubt, James Bond, No Time to Die. Interesting.
1: Um, Strong
0: pick. So... I like that a lot. Fun fact about me, I grew up on James Bond. I love James Bond. I read James Bond. Um, I'm glad I, that you said
1: that. Most people forget that he came from a book. I'm really <laughs> glad you said that.
0: Um, and I I uh, didn't really care necessarily for the earlier movies. I watched them because they were fun. But oh my goodness, from the first one he was in, Daniel Craig as James Bond, and all the films he has been in, minus you know maybe one, um, but I, he's just done such a beautiful job with that character. Uh, the films themselves have all been really well. Uh, Quantum of Solace is kind of lacking, but you know we won't yeah. talk about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but. What a beautiful uh, humanizing end to a character that you don't ever really see as human. I know that sounds strange, but it's a character that runs into bullets and has no hesitation, somehow survives all of it. He never dies. Um, and I just thought it was a beautiful, beautiful way to end that character. Um, not only does he die, but he dies making a sacrifice. Um, And honestly, I just saw that my theater is still showing it in the IMAX, which is interesting, and I might go see it again in theaters.
1: Uh, Um, It's definitely a a blockbuster worthy of a theater experience.
0: Um, Yeah, I I really love that film. Also, I love that they still showed the effect that Vesper had on him, who, by the way, Best Bond Girl, hands down, no doubt, is Eva Green.
2: Oh, Oh, sorry. I thought you were going to say that Lea Seydoux was the best Bond girl. I was like, heck yeah, Leah Seydoux rocks.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, Eva Green is the best Bond girl, in my opinion. Um, But I just, I love that, you know, even though he's moved on and obviously has been with other people, because it is James Bond, uh, (laughs) they show that, you know, like, she was definitely like that first love. And honestly, I think that might be his only love hate to say that but you know get
2: out no way <laughs> he he does not end this movie the way he does if he did not love Leslie do
0: you could also argue that it was for the little girl not so much her just I- saying I- i'm
2: gonna agree to disagree with you on here I I, I I don't, I don't care though. that you hate dude this this will die on this will die
0: on. on hold on <laughs> let me like further specify what i mean by that you can love someone and not be in love with them if that makes sense like you can't you know yes
1: i understand what you mean
0: like i feel like the way because even at the end of casino royale you see him just like emotionally shut down like he's done like, that is what creates James Bond. And you can argue, like, he did not let um, the, the most recent one in like that on that level, you know. Um, like, he, he told her details of his childhood. He connected with her on a very specific level. And then after that, after she betrayed him and died, he was like, no, I'm done. So I think he, I think he loved her. I think he loved her very much. I also think that he saw her and saw the little girl who looked very much like him and was like, Well, I can't let them die. So, yeah. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm a little distracted with the baby. I apologize. Yeah, yeah, I'm not yeah. coherent.
1: No, it's all good. It's all good. I, I hope what I
0: said makes sense, but I absolutely love that it movie.
1: Did. It definitely did. I am going to take a second to talk about that movie uh, just because. Um, I come from a family where uh, let's just say me and my father didn't have a lot of things we always agreed on but if there's something me and him both love and it's the reason why I have such an appreciation and love for cinema it is going to the theaters every week with my dad back when I was a kid to pretty much when I moved out of the house me and him would go see a movie every Sunday whatever's playing from weird indie shit to the biggest of blockbusters and my dad's personal favorite character of all time was James Bond I remember seeing Casino Royale all of those movies. And so it's where I go see my dad and we do something, but me and him did go see the last Daniel Craig Bond movie together because that will be the Bond I remember and the Bond I will always associate with the name, even though I do nice. love the older films. But it was definitely a great way for that character to have a send-off. I just want to put that out there.
2: Shout-out to uh, Anandarmas as well who needed more screen time and no time to die. Yeah,
0: I agree. But Mm -hmm. Christian, I thought of a perfect way to explain what I was saying.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, God forbid, but like
0: say, huh?
2: Sorry, go ahead.
0: (laughs) Uh, God forbid that uh, something were to happen, but you know, say something happened to Eric. I'm in love with Eric. I would never be in love with anyone else. Could I love someone else? Maybe, but it wouldn't be the same. Mm -hmm.
2: I understand. Yeah. I I, I was like, let me just like
0: say the unthinkable (laughs) While I'm like, while the thought is there to further explain. But yeah.
2: Let's all collectively knock on wood together.
0: Uh, One, two,
1: three. (laughs) Nice. All right. And with that, it brings us to the last movie. My final movie. And a movie I never thought I'd see in my lifetime. It was described as the unfilmable. And we're going to take a little, we're going to take a little journey Through the desert for this one. Oh. I, back a long, long time ago, my mother handed me a book right when I was down to middle school with the title Frank Herbert's Dune on it. Mm. She was like, this is my personal favorite book of all time. Please read these. You're at an age now where you can appreciate these. So I did. And they slowly became my favorite book of all time. And... Oh, again! I'm going to get a little deep here again with movies because movies mean a lot to me, and I rarely get to speak about them. Um, Fear is the mind killer. Something I've said to myself since I learned I had panic attacks about seven years ago, and it's something I've always strived to remember. And it's one of the few lines that have kept me going. It's why I'm planning to have it tattooed on my leg. It is a very important line to me, and of course, this line comes from Dune, which finally got. The justice it deserved on the silver screen this year. And God, what a film it was. Dune is, like Christian said, maybe not the best movie of the year, but it is my favorite movie of the year. It captured worlds and characters I've only ever seen in my head. And I was also worried that this would be... It was a part one. I I like the aspect of Dune that it is just a... Big F you that we need a part two. From the whole way he sets up that film and everything. He's saying, I'm making a part two. I'm going, I want to make a part two. I screwed a studio, because he should have given me two movies. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, I could go for three. I could understand it being three. I think it's going to be two, though. But, I do understand all the criticism, So The characters are, the characters are only halfway through their development. It's, like any trilogy, any, any story of this length, it is going to be a little weak in the beginning. But the way they captured so many amazing moments, the way they captured him sticking his hand in the box, that is one, one of my favorite scenes in all of cinema is him taking the test to see if he's Orvy. Really well to done see. scene. Is he the one? Is he, is he it? Or is he going to back out like many have before him? But he stays there and he holds. Throughout all of it, and it's amazing to the way they just captured what the barrenness of Arrakis and. The new he's a master of cinema. He is a master of cinematography. The shots and everything he does are beautiful and gorgeous. Through the sprawling desert to the mountain ranges to this space. He made space look so beautiful, and the enormousness, which is it, in the vastness of it. When he was showing the ships flying into Arrakis through the teleporter, which hopefully we get more into in the next couple movies, and how they can move time and space to teleport throughout time and space. How the navigators all work, why spice is important, I hopefully comes up in these next few movies, because it's some of the most interesting things david lynch i love you but god did you fuck up (laughs) and i'm glad some finally someone did it right hilarious i just want to say uh yes tessa
0: i'm sorry i just wanted to say before the thought escaped me um i know that um part of it is that it is setting up it's like the first part of the book i respect that um So I I do understand why you were saying, like, of course it has its criticisms, the characters aren't really fully set up. But I just want to point out, um, and I said don't get me started talking on this, but I'm going to make myself talk about it for, like, two seconds. A really lengthy book that did that very well with film. And I don't know if it's, like, a testament to Tolkien or Peter Jackson or what, but Fellowship of the Ring is still... They, they do such a wonderful job of balancing that character setup and developing that world and showing you all the things without, you know, lagging in certain areas, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, I get that, you know, it is a setup and maybe I'm being unfair towards it um, because I have never read Dune. But, um, yeah, I I just wanted to throw that out there that... I think that there is a way for most books to do it. But most books, most book of movie films, let's be honest, do fall a little short.
2: That's that's an interesting comparison. One with uh, which I, I kind of agree with you to an extent. I, I think Lord of the Rings is, is interesting because I think the, the token books or just the characters in that movie, like in general, I think uh, Frank even points at Harry Potter as well. Um, I think those are like clear to see kind of like character dynamics and the way that, like those characterizations kind of change along the way. Um, that's not to say like Dune is like good at this. It's just that it's different because like the overarching theme is just like politics is fucked up. And like let's look at how this changes not just people, but how it abuses people over like not like not not through the characters itself, but like through like thousands of years. And like, let's, mm-hmm. let's like hyper fixate on like one small lifetime for just like 600 pages. But yeah, I'm like, I don't know. I'm like both illustrating your point that Dune doesn't do it as good, but also like saying it like, here's how it does it like differently. And there's still like yeah. a part two left.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and that's Dune- the thing. I've never read the book. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm saying that with, you know, not a full educated background on the subject. Um, but also... The way you have just explained that, I mean, think about every other film on my list, how I described mm. it and how much I loved it. It was because of the characters, the characters. So I guess yeah. it's just one of those things that aren't for me. I just, I love character driven things and yeah, this just missed it for me. But anyway, continue. I'm sorry, Ryan. No,
1: no, no, that's fine. Um, it brings me back to,
0: uh,
1: you may be able to hold me off this one question. Um, when the Bene Gesserits are talking and they're like, We don't work in lifetimes, we work in centuries, or generations. Mm -hmm. That's the storytelling of Dune. It We've reached that point, but there's so much there that is just messing with one family's linear genes for thousands upon thousands of years, because that's the time span they're allowed to work with. Now, I will admit this one, because if we brought it up, I'm not a big Tolkien guy. I have never been a big Tolkien guy. Um, I, yeah. I, I love parts of Lord of the Rings, but some Tolkien stuff just doesn't hit for me. Like, my personal favorite of his books is The Cimmerillion, because I like world-building. That's what can capture me, is making me feel like I'm living in that world. And that's something Dune does very well, I think. It makes me feel like I'm on Arrakis. Every time I look through the sand and everything in that movie, it makes you feel like you're there.
2: The The and only... Next. The last thing I'll say about Dune, the, the very last mm-hmm. thing. Shout out very to Han, Hans Zimmer for just going off the shits and being like, oh, Denis, you're making a, a Dude movie? Yeah, let me make three albums worth of music just because I want to. And like, all right, cool. Thanks. Thanks, Hans Zimmer.
1: Did I buy those albums on vinyl? Yes.
0: <laughs> Ryan, Long I have term. a very specific question for you. Just out of curiosity, because I want to see yeah. if we really are just like two sides to a coin, like complete opposites, but yeah. like still there um out of curiosity uh did you enjoy reading uh game of Thrones books yeah i loved it see and i hated it because he he spends so much time describing things and i'm like just get some characters god <laughs> no, i want I I so, to i
1: want to i want to be 360 visualize
0: i think this is like generation. a perfect representation of people who love dune and people who don't like it yeah uh, no. i was just curious like i was like let me find out because that's I no, no. figured out that's
2: real fast true. this movie is, is pretty is much just world building the movie
1: it is it is god yeah. put me in for another four hours make the next one four i can handle it
2: <laughs> it's like a blade runner for me like yeah just tell me more about this world
0: yeah <laughs> tolkien's build? descriptive but he's descriptive about the characters whereas george r r martin's like descriptive about like let me describe this roast venison like for you know four (laughs) pages and all the juices flowing out of it and yeah and i just i can't because people
1: can't bring up blade runner and um game of thrones (laughs) this close around me i'll start talking for hours uh and with that before that happens i just want to give any final words anything anyone wants to say about movies of this year anything left any honorable mentions anything like that
2: I will not be giving any honorable mentions because I have a, an actual I have, I have a, a, a top 21 that I'm working on that I want to release later so I, I have to I save like those to for stay? later so none, none I from like me all, all I'll say is I've seen uh let's see here 64 2021 movies soon to be 66 or 67 after this week uh and there was a lot like my top 20 needed seriously like a lot of reworking um yeah good movies this year or last I- year
1: I am going to give two real quick um, honorable mentions because I don't know what else I'm going to have a chance to talk about these movies. That is, first, these are two completely different movies and really explains my uh, love of cinema. and everything. Uh, one is an animated movie, not by any uh, Disney this year, though, but by Sony Pictures, and that's Mitchell vs. the Machines. I loved that movie. I thought it was the best animated movie of the year. And one of the most heartfelt depictions of family that I've ever seen in a film. It reminded, that movie reminds me of my family very much, and I loved it for it. Um, and the second one is going to be Licorice Pizza. I have no idea my thoughts on that movie, but I've seen it twice now, and it's just a weird, good movie. That's all I wanted to say. <laughs> I mean, that's
0: a fitting description for a movie with a weird, good title.
1: <laughs> it, it, it's a strange film, but it's a, it's a weird and fun watch, I would say that. With that, we get to plugs. No, 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 no! What, whoa, 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 what are we? What are we doing? What are you doing? Oh my God! The fine—I forgot we even had a poll. Now it's waiting.
2: <laughs> I desperately needed one more person to submit something because we have two tiebreakers or two ties in the top five, so we're we're gonna leave it as that. You guys uh, ready for this? All right. This is this is an insane list. But yeah, hit me. We're gonna we're gonna roll with it anyway. Tessa, I think you might you might hate it and love it. Number okay. five. Coming in at number five, (laughs) No Time to Die.
0: James Bond.
2: You did it. You made it. Congratulations. (laughs) Tied for third and fourth, we have two movies. One, The Suicide Squad. Not to be confused with Suicide Squad 2016. (laughs) And Dune. Congratulations. Number three and four. Tied for first and second, we have Congratulations, Andrew Garfield. Tick, tick, boom. You have made it. And congratulations to Andrew Garfield again. Spider-Man No Way Home.
1: Yeah, that's what I was expecting.
0: Mm-hmm. Yay, Andrew Garfield. That, that's, <laughs>
2: who, that's who really wins here is Andrew Garfield.
0: That's who really
1: wins at, uh, over here at Penultimate Conquest. We love you, Andrew Garfield. Uh, keep making great movies. Because, God, you did great in two of them this year. Mm-hmm. And in a few a couple years back that people don't give enough credit to.
0: And I'm going to ask again, Christian, there's a movie with him you have to watch.
1: I'm trying to download it for my, for
2: my flight this weekend, so yes, I'm going to get to okay. it. What okay. What movie?
0: Uh, it's a movie called Never Let Me Go, which is based on a book that I absolutely love, and the movie is just heartbreaking as hell, but it's really good. Oh. And it's the first it. thing I ever saw Andrew Garfield in. It was my introduction to him. How
1: young was he in this? Was he blonde in this one?
0: No, but okay, his head was shaved-ish. He had that, like, uh, barely there hair, you know?
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Buzz cut, whatever. Yeah.
0: yeah, that that's the word I'm looking for, buzz cut. But, awesome. yeah. All right.
1: All right. And for that, we get to plug. Now with our movie of the year being No Way Home you know, somewhere... And Tick, Tick, Boom. And Tick, Tick, Boom. Wait, they tied?
2: (laughs) They tied, yeah. Tied for first and second.
1: Oh my god. I thought they, um... I thought three and four were tied. Yes, they are. They were tied. They are. So Okay, those two were tied. Okay. Mm -hmm. I thought four and five and three and two. I didn't know one and two were. Okay. You
0: know what? I actually respect the hell out of that final list.
1: Yeah, no, I love that list. That's a... It's a list that really encaptures just how insanely crazy this year's cinema was.
2: I will say, number six, would have loved to see you in the top five, Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.0. That's the last time I'll bring up Evangelion
1: on the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. All righty. And with that, we get the plugs. Tessa, do you have anything you want to plug today?
0: Um, Not in particular. You can follow me on Twitter. at Smash Bro. But that's about it. I'm really boring. <laughs> I think the last few tweets I made were about my love of Andrew Garfield. Mm. So there you well, go.
1: Then it perfectly fits the list. Christian, what about you, my friend?
2: Uh, please follow me at IsoChristian over on Twitter. I tweet a lot about the stuff that I'm working on, including my movie podcast, Large Popcorn. It's a bi weekly show. The next uh, episode is our movie club with Park Chan Wook's Thirst Vampire Thriller 2009. Um, I also do a weekly gaming show every Wednesday at Podcast PXN. And lastly, here at this channel, at The Penultimate Conquest, where I will be releasing a brand new video essay this month, this week. So, look forward to that.
0: Um, I actually forgot. Can I mention something else? Oh, sure. Um, if you have any interest in a potential, not potential, in an actual future history-based podcast with weird uh, facts about history mm. and strange <laughs> stories in it, you should follow me on Twitter, because more will be released about that. So...
1: Exciting. Love to hear it. Can't wait. And also Christian, can't wait for that movie club. Still need to watch the movie, but definitely be in that chat for that one.
2: You got till Monday. Or fantastic. anytime after.
1: <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. Um and all I'm plugging is my Twitter like usual, Ryan the line three zero five five. Where you can find my hot takes and wherever the hell I am on this wild world of the internet. And if that, after a uh very fun conversation of movies brings us to an end thank you and good night
2: oh yeah i have to (laughs) goodbye everyone